0: What's up, everyone? Yes, it is I, your host, Natalie Morrison, and you might be thinking, wasn't this called Swim Masters? Well, yes, it was, and you're definitely in the right place. We decided that we wanted to give the podcast a bit of a makeover, and we're so proud to introduce to you Revoicing the Future, a Women of Nam podcast. Don't worry. It's still the same content, still the same hosts. We just wanted to take this to the next level. And we're excited that you're joining us on this fantastic journey. The episode that you're currently listening to was recorded before the name change. And I just wanted to let you know that you are in the right spot. So keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for all new episodes of Revoicing the Future, a Woman of Nam podcast coming soon. Welcome to Swim Masters, a podcast dedicated to help connect, grow, and support women in the music products industry. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. The Smart Women in Music Fund was established in 2018 by Robin Walenta, Dee Dee Hyde, and Crystal Morris to expand diversity, inclusion, and support for women in the music product space. Twice a month, I will sit down and host virtual conversations with various women across our industry to help foster mentorship and growth. Now, without further ado, Let's dive in. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Swim Masters. I'm your host, Natalie Morrison, and I'm so excited to be here to launch this incredible project that has honestly been in the works since the beginning of our stay-at-home orders during this COVID-19 pandemic since in-person events can't happen right now, we thought that developing this podcast would help continue to foster a community for women to connect, support, and grow within each of our careers through these virtual conversations. Before we get started, I wanted to briefly give some background on myself. I'm from the New York City area and have been working in PR and marketing within the music product space for a few years now, and most recently at DeDario. I'm incredibly passionate about women representation in this industry. Historically, women in the music industry haven't had the same opportunities we're just now beginning to see, and I'm honored to be a part of the change. So, with that said, our first interview is with one of the Swim founders, Dee, Dee Hyde, who is also the Executive Vice President of Hyde Music in Wisconsin. Well, hello, Dee. Dee. Thank you so much for joining us on the first episode of Swim Masters.
1: I am honored, Natalie. Thank you for the vision to put this all together.
0: You're welcome. As I mentioned in my intro that during this stay-at-home quarantine, I thought that bringing a virtual conversation to kind of bring our community of women together was kind of just what we needed at this point in society. So I'm glad that everyone is super excited about it.
1: You know, I think, isn't it that we have to
0: make the lemonade out of
1: something that maybe with COVID is getting us to get something started, but I think that can have a great long-term impact to how we do rally together and, and help to educate and support one another. I think that while we while this might get us the conversation more started and, and getting us together, I think it just sets a nice stage for a long-term opportunity for women in the music industry.
0: Yeah, definitely. So... As we get started, I think the first thing is give us a little bit of a summary of you and your job at Hyde Music, and then we can just kind of go from there. Sure. So Hyde Music was formed back
1: in 1948 by my husband's grandfather, Peter Hyde. And so we are three generations strong, over 70 years in the music products industry. I, however, am a young cat, if you will, to our team overall, roughly. So. I have been with the Hyde Music team about nine years now. Um, formerly, I have had other roles outside of the industry, which I think we'll touch on at some point. But my role, I came to Hyde Music and started in working more in our marketing department and creating an internal team on marketing as we had been outsourcing a lot of that. So reevaluating our brand, our intention around what did we want to be not just externally to our consumers, but also internally in terms of our culture and how do we identify with that. So I started in working more on our marketing focus and then pivoted to also engage more within our sales team. So my role now is currently as executive vice president, and I work closest with all of our sales managers. So within our five retail locations, our website, I work with closely with our human resources director on our initiatives to support our training and development of our team, as well as I work with our education administrator on our internal lessons and group lesson platforms, and still work very closely with our marketing team and endeavors there. Todd and I kind of divide and conquer on some parts of the business from a day-to-day standpoint, but I'd say I also stay intricately involved with our finance, And inventory aspects and school part of our business, just because I think having that synergy of understanding the full circle really helps me to be able to work in all aspects of the business.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. How long have you been in the executive vice president role?
1: It has been, I believe, about four to five years now.
0: That's cool how you kind of started nine years ago and worked to bring these different aspects into the business to ultimately lead you to where you are right now. Before you got to Hyde Music, you mentioned that you were doing work outside of the industry. Where were you in your career at that point? And did you have an interest in working in the industry or did it just kind of happen to come to you? So prior to joining the team of Hyde Music, I worked for a company
1: called Elevate 97 as their director of sales and i loved that job elevate is about leading brands and supporting their identity in corporate spaces as well as in retail locations so i had some really cool accounts that i worked with to help in their brand execution such as TaylorMade made adidas golf and philips van heusen and nautica but i traveled a lot i was on a plane just about every other week or so and we have a younger family So that just became at that point that it was um, Todd and I just had to kind of rediscuss how are we maybe not in competing parallels of whose job was going to come first on certain things. And he had more of his family leaving the business. So we are currently the sole owners of Hyde Music where we've, you know, our third generation have had seven different parts of our ownership throughout that family. So, Todd's family is no longer involved in the operations, so we felt that we could be that yin and yang together and complement in different areas. So he feels that I can bring a little bit more structure and drive to what we're doing in those kinds of aspects. That's when we both kind of looked at each other and said it was time that we felt that we could come in, as well as really, I guess I'd say it was from the persuasion of our friends within the industry. So, we're very blessed to have some really great, strong collaborations within the industry. And many of those people I had gotten to know from when I first started dating Todd back in the late 90s and through them doing visits to Hyde Music and meeting them that I had continued to go to while I wasn't in the industry officially. I was attending NAMM shows and NASMD functions and such. That group of friends really encouraged us to work together and leverage each other's strengths and divide up different aspects of the business and protocols and come together. It's really been underneath that they kind of also approached and encouraged us. It was the right thing at that time for our family, and they've continued to mentor us through it. And then before I was at Elevate, I was there for greater than six years and really learned a lot from a sales brand initiative standpoint process because they do a lot of things in the fulfillment realm. So that's helped us as we've looked at some of our web aspects of our business. Prior to that, I was in pharmaceutical sales for also about a half a dozen years. And I would say that as well has helped me coming into this industry, I think, not growing up in it, but given me a strength of that corporate training background that I received and that professional sales acumen To bring into our business and help to work within our teams and our expectations as well. Prior to that, my very first job out of college, and I bring it up only because it actually, I guess, explains to how I actually then would have gotten into the music industry where I am today, is that I sold newspaper advertising. And there was a day in September that I went into the Hyde Music in Green Bay to at that point call on Todd's sister, who was handling the marketing and advertising, and obviously a very traditional realm back in the late 90s, to talk with them about their advertising campaigns. And that is the day that Todd and I met. And then we've been dating ever since September 1998. And that's what I guess eventually brought me into the industry, because I don't know that I would have known a whole heck of a lot about it had it not been for that day.
0: That's a really cool story. I understand your point of view when you were talking about how you had friends in the industry that were encouraging you and Todd to come together and really be that yin and yang for your company. I watched my dad work in this industry, so I've met people throughout my upbringing, essentially, and it just makes sense when you have people encouraging you <laughs> in the same industry just to like really come together and join the big family because it is a small world.
1: It is. And I love how you say that about it being a family. I think it is a very special industry that maybe sometimes gets overlooked on what that really means of of feeling very family centric. And maybe that just pings me in a different way because we are a third generation family business and thinking of what that means for my kiddos in the future to what we do to serve generations of musicians. You know, I love that when, a mom brings in her child to get their first trumpet or whatever it might be that they're renting from us. And she tells the story of remembering when she got her first instrument from a Hyde music. But beyond how that is and just what our family role means, I really do cherish it that I feel it's a very special industry where there's so many great collaborations that happen, that so many people are rowing in the same direction, advocating for the importance of music in our schools and advocating and standing up for, like especially at this time of COVID, right? That music truly is comfort and how it's so good in so many different levels of what it can provide to an individual, but also to a community at large. And so I think if we when we can all when we can work to put that first and and think and support one another, really a lot of good things can happen. And our good friend Ryan West, I remember being in a meeting with him. And he shared that really what this industry had meant and in our sharing group of friends of what we we're doing. And he said, you know, that overall he had a relatively small immediate family, but that to him, how he's also known the music products industry throughout his whole life had stepped away, right? Had a Broadway career, it was in New York doing acting and different things. And now coming to the helm of his family business, he shared in one of these meetings, how he really looked at this this group that we were all in as if they were extensions of aunts uncles cousins for him and to his children and and that just felt so cool and so real it helped to humanize i guess what we do a little bit more
0: yeah all these trade shows feel like big family reunions almost <laughs> you don't see certain people for a really long time but like once a year or twice a year like no matter where you are and you see someone that you've seen every year it just it feels like it's a family reunion in that sense which is it is really special.
1: It is. I mean, and I think it's, you know, having the need, and obviously, I certainly totally agree with it and respect canceling the summer show that we needed to do, but think about if that would have went on, and then how people are so used to hugging in this industry, (laughs) and like, oh boy, it's going to be weird the first time we're all back together, and how if we still can't be within the six feet. What does that really mean? Because it's just such a close knit group.
0: Well, it was weird at this past Nam show too. I just remember like people just getting sick in general at the show. And I was like, I have to shake all these people's hands. Like, I just don't want to touch anyone. (laughs) And it's weird because like, that's your instinct is to just give people hugs to shake their hands. And now that's changing. It's going to be interesting how that all shifts.
1: Right. So how to feel personable, but not do that
0: anymore, but not try to
1: offend anyone. Yeah.
0: So pivoting a little bit more, I kind of wanted to touch on some advice that you've been given along the way that's really helped you grow in your career and pushed you to where you are. Since your career path wasn't really necessarily a straight line, you like hopped from various different industries before ending up where you are today. Was there any advice that really stuck with you?
1: You know, I think the past not written yet,
0: right? Like I also look forward to what are the
1: next chapters in front of me? One thing that I, I reflect on often, and it was earlier in my career, and I received it from um, a friend named Kieran Laws. I think she's become my friend now more through this. She is the wife of the late, great Maury Laws, who was a musical director for Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And she and I, along with, you know, a thousand other women, had been at a local women's fund luncheon. So supporting initiatives, kind of like SWIM, right? How to empower and engage. And the speaker on that day was all about balance. And she just was hammering it in about how you had to create balance in your life. And at that point, I'd say, you know, my kids were also younger and just different parts of trying to figure that out with my career. And almost like that, I felt like I was apologizing for that. I want to be a woman with a career and try to figure out how to also be a good mom and all these other things. Also, a passion of mine is being very much involved in nonprofit and community initiatives and feeling overwhelmed, and arguing with myself. So Kieran and I happened to go on a sales call to her later in that day that I was working with the company that she was with and we were reflecting on the conversation and she kind of just put it pretty blank that she goes, Dede, it's crap. Don't listen to it. All you will do if you feel that you have to continue to strive for valence every day is beat yourself up and never feel good about yourself. She said her advice, as she had children that were all past college, and she had a very great career and engaged in arts initiatives in our community and whatnot. She said, "Didi, don't strive for balance each day. Think about how to give yourself more of that grace and just not neglect the same thing too many days in a row." So to her, that balance was more saying, "Listen, today I'm going to be rock star at focused in on my career and." I might not be the best wife or daughter or friend or what you know. Input whatever you need to at that point. She just don't do that too many days in a row, so that you feel that other void in your life. I've had to use that, and I still use that because through right now, through COVID, I get that a lot of people have been awesome rock star parents that have turned into teachers. I haven't been one of those people because. I've been at work every day and very, very long hours as you know, Todd and I were really trying to juggle in a lot of different realms. So I was beating myself up thinking, gosh, I'm really not there for my kids and my kids need me. And what does that mean? Then I just had to raise my hand and ask for extra help or to admit to my kids who, you know, are now gonna be 16, 13, and you no, know, i still pretty little at eight. But for my girls to just say there's also ways I needed to raise my expectations of them. I think, you know. Be careful at how much you beat yourself up on and look at all of the different realms of what you're accomplishing and ask for the help, be willing to accept it, appreciate it. You know, that's the ways we learn would be stuff early on. And I think in today, I'd also say one thing that I've heard a lot in the last two weeks from some other mentors and others that were looking to help in some different business opportunities is they keep stating to me, one said, you know, hey, kiddo, Stop letting perfection get in the way of progress, because sometimes I just like to button it all up. And he's like, it's good to be authentic and be able to keep being nimble and modify as you go. So that's also right now that I've tried to sometimes maybe button things up a little bit too much. And I think right now we're just saying, let's go and test the waters and be very transparent on that we're working on things.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think everyone struggles with that balance, per se, or feeling that they have to start something new during this time. Honestly, I just have to take it day by day and do what makes me happy and not put so much pressure on myself to strive to be this great person who's sitting in their room and writing music. Like, that's just not me, but we can't allow the pressure around us to kind of influence ourselves and our happiness as we kind of navigate this unprecedented time that no one has really experienced before. Right. Well said.
1: And I think you're right. There was the 60 days of stay at home or whatever it is. You didn't have to be over the top on it all 60 days. Hopefully you did have a day that you vegged and watched some Netflix or whatever it might be. And then one other day was something really great and that you also said, hey, that was my mental health day or something. That, hey, now I know a different conversation about X show that I can start with somebody
0: else. It's just a very interesting time. There's no words really to put what this era is really like. You just kind of have to take it day by day. So with SWIM, and we'll kind of dive into a little bit more detail about the creation of the fund. Being a woman in the industry, do you have any experiences that have stuck with you that you are excited to see change as time moves on and more women are coming together? I feel it's critical.
1: I think it's interesting. There is a portion of the industry who does not believe that there's an issue, that we don't have a diversity and inclusion issue in the music industry because music is supposed to be so inclusive, right? It's a universal language. But the facts are that there is. Let's look within many major corporations and groups within our industry and the small groups. Who is at the table? How do we get more diverse voices there and why that's important? So, I mean, when we launched Swim. It happened to coincide with a part of the Me Too movement, but the conversation on Slim had started long before that. It just turned into, be completely ironic, that it launched at that time. So I think that the conversation had been over a decade plus in the making, and I can chat in a moment of how we kind of pushed it there, but it really wasn't because of the time framing of Me Too. A, we have to be okay to discuss that we want to be better as an industry and why that's important. I would think in anything that we do, even from a geography standpoint to everything that we do, right, there's certain cool things that we can learn and take away when we have varying generations, when we have diversity in the thought pool of people having varying experiences and things that they've gone through that just help to elevate us as a whole. So I think making sure that we don't go backwards, that we can only go forward now. I mean, and the data shows as we've put forward and everything with swim on the leadership gap too that exists for women and that's a very big focus that we have on on how to continue to develop and grow and lean in to what that can be and one of the things that came out of the swim summit was the comments of the women saying they wanted to level up and i couldn't be more proud to see how they've come together and, and what they've done and you know natalie i feel one key part to that is how women also support women. I think that instead of sometimes being concerned if there's only one seat at the table, do I hip check that one out to be able to get there? No, it's more how do we really show a stronger level of camaraderie and appreciation and support? Let's just create more seats. I'm really proud to say that watching that transpire through the scholarships we've been able to give out for the NAM shows to what was able to happen with our first summit that took place in early March, And getting 15 women together in a room who didn't all know each other. And in general fashion, wouldn't have all just been there because they just had different work areas that they were involved in. And by the end of the week, seeing how they came together, and I'm so excited to say, I mean, now they have weekly happy hour calls via Zoom to talk about what they're working on through COVID and just helping to lift each other up and celebrating when somebody gets into a master's program and all these really cool things that have happened at how they also keep pushing each other celebrating one another, and then being there for one another. So I feel super blessed, proud, excited to have been part of a group that helped to create that landscape.
0: That's really inspiring. And that's so cool that just from that one weekend, these women all have a bond now. They're building that bond together and really standing together as they make their way in this industry. And it's inspiring for people my age who are just starting out in the industry to watch that unfold right in front of their eyes. With the creation of SWIM, how did the idea first come about? You mentioned that it's a decade in the making. How did it come about? That driver was Robin Walenta of West Music.
1: And she chats about how at an NASMD convention, National Association of School Music Dealers, Several ladies were around the pool having a cocktail, right? Because, you know, when you're networking and, and doing those kinds of things, really great ideas can come about. And they were talking about how there were some different male groups that got together. There's a male industry ski team thing that happens after some of the trade shows. And men that all go in the industry that, you know, go and they do this great big fishing brigade, whatever. And they said, why don't we really have that for women? Why, why aren't we getting together, supporting one another and developing ways that we can strengthen ourselves and our businesses and being very intentional about it? So that had been out there because they were around the swimming pool. They had thrown out this name of swim. So 10 odd plus years ago, maybe even longer, Robin might even fact check me on that one that it could have even been 15 to 20, who knows? But fast forward to just... A few years ago, we were hosting, Todd and I were hosting a few friends at our house to go to a Green Bay Packers game. One of the best things to do in Wisconsin, especially in the winter. So, whether you like football or not, it's a really cool kind of thing to do. So, Robin and some other friends were up, the Quinlans and the Johnsons from Mississippi Music. So, Quinlan, Favis, Johnson. And we were chatting. You know, Robin re brought this conversation up. And we were all having the conversation, you know, men and women all around our kitchen table drinking wine, all that stuff. And I said, but Robin, let's not talk about it anymore, right? Like now's the time. Let's go. I'm going to help you to do this. And the reason we had to go then was she's also at that point was the chair of Naam. And it had been nearly a 100 and... I don't know, 1518 years, greater than 110 years that we hadn't had a female chair, no female at the executive conversation level. So while there's females on the NAM board, there wasn't a female in that XCOM grouping. So with Robin going in to be the chair, so at this point she's a vice chair, it was like, we got to go now. And we needed to go now because to me, it had meant so much that if it had been a vision of hers and she's been a mentor to me, She had been one of those people who really pushed me, encouraged me to be in the industry. It was now my turn to encourage and push her to have her legacy be set. And she really did some great things for women in the music products industry. So the least that I could do was help to make sure we could formulate SWIM and her vision to become a reality and to continue to help elevate more women in leadership in the music products industry. It started in that chilly winter. Robin and I started to pick up the phone and call a few people and see who might be interested in helping to support this initiative and you know, how do we fundraise for it? How do we get it going? You know, we had talked to some people and we were we needed financial support and we needed some backing. We wanted it to be its own not-for-profit kind of, if you will, initiative focused in on mission-based work. And we then were able to align it underneath the NAM Foundation, which I think it aligns perfectly to be within the NAM umbrella. Right. Again, we want to forge more opportunity for more people. We want to include both the manufacturer to the retailer realm of it and not have it just live as Robin and I just being both retailers going in underneath the Nam Foundation window. Then we also wanted to tap to have another third chair of our swim captain aspect so that we did have that manufacturing kind of realm and making sure that what we set up for platforms were considerate of all the parties we want to make sure are included to programming. And so Crystal Morris then became a part of our regime as well to spearhead. We got that starting base going and then we all met in Chicago in that spring, just before that spring, to kind of set up, okay, let's outline what our mission, what are our goals, what do we kind of see as our platform? And then we officially launched at NASMD, the National Association of School Music Dealers, to announce SWIM. And it started by kicking off with a panel of women in the music products industry to discuss what, what did they think were, you know, opportunities, concerns. And we started our asks. We went heavy and we went hard. And we asked people to start to donate. And Robin launched her challenge that West Music stepped up to the plate first, saying that they were going to do $25 in honor of every woman on the team. Then all of us started to make sure we were all following suit. And we continue. I'm very proud to say we've had a lot of great supporters already. I'd also say there's some missing. And I think we can't be okay with that. Again, I'll go back politely to say, we have to say that diversity and inclusion is something we believe in. And I would hope that everybody within the NAM umbrella, retailers and manufacturers want to stand up and say that they want that too, and believe it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I remember when Robin became chair, I was at the chair reception at the NAM show, it was her first one. And the moment that she walked in, my friends and I we just ran over to her. We were so excited to finally see a woman in that position. And it was, it was so inspiring to see her break that barrier for us and like have us imagine that we could be where she is later on. Watching that unfold and then seeing Swim unfold kind of all around the same time was so inspiring to a lot of different people. Awesome. Thank you for sharing
1: that. And I know that'll mean a lot to her as well. She really has a big heart and is a proven professional. She is a great, great leader in in multiple realms. Yeah.
0: So what is the future? Is there anything coming down the pike that we can look forward to?
1: Good question. Right. So we're still working on pre-COVID, how we needed to still build out some different aspects of that. Right. What does it mean to be a member? How can we develop strong mentorship programs and collaboration programs? So we've got some shells of things built. And now just need to continue to work on those. And I think understanding that as the climate has changed, a lot of the times that we were doing some of our our programming, if you will, our events circled around industry events. So we just have to make sure we can be relevant at all times of the year. Support that. So we're continuing to work on the mentorship aspects, the educational content. It would be our full intention to continue with scholarship opportunities as shows resume. The summit was. I feel a roaring success in multiple realms. So in professional development and collaboration and in the aspects of, you know, giving people more perspective on the industry, I think for us. And I think the reason why, again, you know, Nam continuing to embrace this is key is that it also retains strong talent within our industry. We don't want these great future leaders or leaders that are already there to ever feel that they need to bounce from our industry or leave our industry because they don't feel there's opportunity for them to develop or grow further or have a seat at the table, whatever their aspiration might be. We need to show collectively there is in the music products industry space for them and they are a priority we want to keep doing that. And I think it's good for everybody, right? Retaining that great talent within our industry that we want to continue to all strengthen and build for everyone's future. So we're working on, yes, that we want to hold another summit next year. We're working on kind of the phase two learnings of what can happen for the first swim summit members, as well as our scholars who have been there. So that mentorship is key, but creating more substance around that. I don't know if that's the right word, but more structure, I guess, probably is the right word. So people can throw out things they're working on, but so we're still working on part of that structure to help. And I'd say as far as, you know, swim, the other aspects of what we've set out the course to do, you know, really growing that representation of women within our industry and in pivotal role and key roles in maybe non-traditional roles, right? I mean, I think sometimes there's a few things that are more, oh, based on certain ways that people might profile, they think that this is what they're set out to do. So how to help, educate more opportunity, provide more opportunities in different realms. So more women want to come in to the industry, but then we also retain that talent. And SWIM needs to be a help. We want to be a helper with that.
0: That all sounds wonderful and really exciting. And I can't wait to see how everything kind of unfolds down the line. I'm excited that we're working to make this a year-round community and bring this mission to all women across this industry. So thank you so much, Dee Dee. I really appreciate you being the first guest. I'm excited to see how this podcast unveils itself and all the interesting women that we'll bring on throughout the upcoming weeks. Well, thank you, Natalie. I mean, thank you for diving
1: in, giving us more of a landscape to have conversations, but also support, encouragement, learnings. So these types of formats are awesome and take us to the next level for us to continue to grow and to develop and connect and make the mission really happen. So thank you for your vision. Thank you for your leadership to see it through and get more of us all together. So these are the initiatives that will help us to not just be swimming, but truly be thriving in what we're doing, right? We don't just need to tread the water. We can all keep diving in and making it happen. And all I'd say is swim might've started some of the things that Robin's vision and those other women that were around the pool at NASMD and then how she and I had our wine and took it to the next step. And then where Robin, Crystal and I have taken things, but it's really been able to happen because of a great network of those people who have donated. So I would encourage people to please visit the SWIM website to see who our donors and supporters are and please thank them. Please, please, please find ways to thank them. Think about where we all invest time in our talents. If you're looking for a job, go to look to those industries that you know want to support a diverse and inclusive workforce, support with your investments of where you buy from and all of those great things. So we wouldn't be here without those donors. We wouldn't be here without the great volunteer network that we have with you doing this podcast, Natalie, we've got a great group working on overall marketing. We've got great groups helping on fund development, everybody donating their time so that all of those dollars that we have raised for being good stewards to put back into how can we do mission work. It's really a pretty cool thing to watch all transpire and unfold. So thank you for your help. We appreciate it very much.
0: You are welcome. I'm honored to be a part of the team and Can't wait to see what's next. Let's keep doing it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Swim Masters. Be sure to join the Swim Facebook group for your chance to submit questions for all upcoming guests. If you would like to learn more, please visit www.smartwomeninmusic.org. This episode was co-produced and edited by Stephanie Lamond and Natalie Morrison. See you next time.